This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Michael Smith. What's up, brother? Michael Holly. Chilling dog. Hey. Same stuff, different day. <laughs> I got almost hey. got off, off to a rousing start just now. <laughs> to catch it. Uh, it's gonna to happen. Catch it, Listen, man. one day it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna stick to I can't it call it. I'm gonna just stick to I can't call it. Uh, okay. No, 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 no. I can't no, I no, can't no. call it. What? Blessed the hot blessed and highly favored, you know. No yeah. complaints. Some I gotta stick yeah. to one of the, the safe ones, yeah. Yeah. Too too blessed to be stressed and all the other stuff. Hey, hey yeah. But yeah. will you allow yeah. me will another you allow day, me dollar. today to you allow me to be a rule we, we, breaker? We can do today? this all day. Can I break the rules? <laughs> yeah, be a rule breaker. Yeah, sure, sure. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna break the rules here and I'm gonna bring up something that's not in your feed nor mine. Uh I just thought about this for a second. I put this. <laughs> Let me load up my on. guns. Oh, wait <laughs> a minute. DUI, yeah. stop. <laughs> <laughs> I put this sweatshirt on. This sweatshirt is yeah. from the uh, National um, African African American Museum of History and Culture in D.C. I told you yeah. I stopped by. Your boys in there. You're in there. Yeah. My boys in there. You. Um, even though I didn't see you, but maybe I wasn't looking hard enough. I'll, I'll catch you next time. I mean, I'll be in there but anymore. There was something. Damien may have I'll bet you out. are. I bet you are. Why would they? Why would they take you out? I mean, why? updated. I don't know. Okay, oh, come on. It's a, it's a museum. It's a museum. <laughs> you got to keep it in there. It's all historical. But you know, this museum, the story. I, I was reminded of a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, when I put the sweatshirt on today, I'm going to bring up one of them. But before I get there, I'll say that this museum uh, is, is significant. And I would say go. It will make you a better American. I don't care wh- wh- what your background is. Go to this museum. It will make you a better American. I have no relationship. They're not paying me to say this. Uh, it's just the way I feel about it. I say that about a couple of things, a few things uh, in the culture. One of them is a museum. The other one uh, is a book by Isabel Wilkerson called The Warmth of Other Suns. Uh, that's taken from a sons. Richard Wright yeah. poem, The Warmth of Other Suns. Yeah. And that's, uh, that title is from a, a poem from Richard Wright. And, and it's basically, hey, when uh, black Americans who were in the South and migrating North in droves in this country, they wanted to feel the warmth of other suns because they were feeling so oppressed in the areas that they lived. Um, but a great book, that'll make you a better American. But you know, something about this museum, you know, uh, because of COVID, I'm guessing, this museum, along, uh, along with others uh, in the Smithsonian empire, are closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. So we really altered our road trip, Mike, so I could go to this museum <laughs> on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Originally, I was supposed to be in DC on Monday, but the museum was closed. I said, I will go on Tuesday. The museum is closed. So we really altered the road trip so uh, as a family, we could stop by. And one of the people who helped make that happen for us 
There's a brother named Dr. Jim Cash. Look him up. He's the first player. He's at Harvard Business School now, part owner of the Boston Celtics. But his, his legacy, part of his legacy is he was the first black player in the history of the Southwest Conference uh, in basketball. Played for TCU in the 1960s and uh, one of four players in program history to have over 1,000 points and 800 rebounds. He was a bad boy uh, playing for, for TCU. They won the SEC title, in, I believe, in 1968. And uh, he's a brilliant guy uh, with, with incredible stories to tell. But he has his fingerprints in the museum. He's one of the people who was there in the beginning. And so I called in a favor. Uh, Dr. Cash is part of Tommy Amaker's Breakfast Club, and I said, hey, Doc, um, we can't get tickets, and I know you're involved. Can, can, can you hook us up? How many do you need? So he got, us, uh, he got us five tickets, and that's how we were able to go with Dr. Cash. But as I was there, I'm walking in the museum, Mike, and I want to bring this up because we've had our, our, our conversations about Michael Jordan and LeBron James, and somebody, one of us, I'm not going to say any names, uh, it was somebody named Michael. One of us had the, had the audacity to say that LeBron James has passed Michael Jordan. Ooh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying any names. One of us said that. Uh, but so we're standing there at, at the entrance of the museum, and I'm looking at this, this, uh, this, like this board with all the donors. Hey, these people donated $5 million. These people donated ten. This is the 20 million and above mm -hmm. club. And Oni is sitting there looking at me. She said, do you want to look at the museum? Or are you just going to stand there at, at, and check out the donors? Let's go. I said, OK, give me a second. Mm -hmm. And I was standing there. And I was looking for a while and it's just staring. Obviously, Oprah Winfrey uh, was in the 20 million plus yeah. club. I, that, that didn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, there were some corporations yeah. in the 20 million plus club. But the name that did surprise me, I saw was the name of Michael Jordan. And I had a thought mm. at that moment. I said, you know what I've done? I have underrated mm -hmm. and underestimated Michael yes. Jordan. Who, who does sure. that? Who underestimates Michael You're Jordan? You're not alone. But I have. And, You're not and, alone in this and context. That's not just, You're not alone. And, and right, so, don't, so don't feel right. bad. And, and you know I'm not talking about on the court. I'm talking right. about well, off that too. the court. That too. It, you have on the court as well. But well, I know exactly where you're going. But with you know, I, I got I got much love for Jordan on the court. You know that. But off the court, I think I think we have allowed, I have, and I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna put it on me. I'm not gonna say we because that's the easy way out. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put it on myself. I have allowed mm -hmm. myself to get into the binary either or this or that kind of track. I've been yeah. on that track. Yeah. So it's gotta be this or it's gotta be that. There's nothing in between right. and it's unfair. I've been unfair to Michael Jordan. Uh, Jordan not only uh, donated to the African American Museum. He has done many things. If you look at um, mm -hmm. if you look at some of Spike Lee's films, Spike Lee was able to finish some of his films with assistance from Oprah and, and Michael Jordan and Janet Jackson and a lot of people behind the scenes. Michael Jordan has helped a lot of people out over the years I've been trying to tell people and, this for years yeah for years he is right. he is a, right like people have let Republicans buy sneakers to define Michael yeah. Jordan's social co and political exactly. consciousness guilty. or lack thereof guilty. let them tell it they have let they have I'm let guilty. that like so Michael Jordan 
is the anti LeBron James. All he does is just do it yeah. differently. Like whether it's whether it's from a philanthropic standpoint, whether it's from a corporate social responsibility standpoint, or whether it's who he's empowered, uh, who he's hired, who he's put around him, who he's put in positions of power, whatever you want to call it. Like Michael Jordan's footprint is on the culture beyond the money that he's put in his own pocket. He has been extremely giving, extremely charitable. He may not be out front the way some others are, but that doesn't mean he's not effective. That doesn't mean he's not. Um, it doesn't, that doesn't mean it's not important to him. And so I, I, I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that. And look, I mean, some people out there would just say, okay, so Michael Jordan wrote a check. Big deal. He's got all the money in the world. So wrote what? Big deal. Wrote a check at the African-American History yeah. Museum. No, I, I'm saying I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. And I know there are some people I, out there who will say that that doesn't make Michael Jordan, right. you know, all of a sudden. He's not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But everybody doesn't have to be. You know, it's, I, I think this this game of life, and and, and if I may call it a, a game of of of, a, of social activism, especially in the sports space, mm-hmm. I think we can learn a lot from how we view sports, how we view basketball, and that's hey, somebody, everybody's style is different. Michael Jordan's style of play was different than Magic Johnson's style of play. If you want to talk about somebody who has been impactful when it comes to the African American community, Magic Johnson's another one, right? Michael Jordan's style is different from Magic Johnson's style is different from LeBron James's style doesn't mean one is better or worse than the other. It's just that they're different. So Michael Jordan and and what he's done from a social standpoint gets underrated because LeBron in the era of social media in particular LeBron has been and he's an active player, but LeBron has been so out front uh, and, and so ubiquitous when it comes to the movement for social justice that people, a lot of people, and people have used that as further yeah. ammunition to say that LeBron has overtaken Michael Jordan. I'm he's not saying greater. Hey, you yeah, have your, yours was right, right. yours was on the court, but but it, but all right. things being equal, people will take it as a tiebreaker and be like, "Well, you know what? LeBron does more for black people." It's like, well, you, may, you, you might want to do your homework on that. Yeah, you know, you might want to do yeah, a little, do little more research. And, and some people, it was let, me, let me tell you another quick uh, another quick example. So you know, right. I grew up in the church as a as a grandson of a of a Baptist minister, uh, Baptist pastor, Reverend Thomas S. Washington, pastor for fifty five years. I was the usher board president. Yes, I was. I wasn't on the usher board. I was the usher board president. President. I was. I was up front. You, I was. You were I was the up usher front. board. <laughs> I, I, well, not, no, I had a lot of colleagues, but I was up front. I was the main one grabbing the women when they fell between the pews when they when they caught the Holy Ghost. That was. I was the first one there. Yeah, I was first one on the scene. You know. You know, carrying them out. Got the towels, got the water. Into the fellowship hall. Anyway, Uh, (laughs) this took me back. Anyway, um, no, but in the bulletin every Sunday, in the bulletin every Sunday, uh, there was the the list uh, of people who had tithed, tithed, okay, and it was published. And, and I always find that interesting. I never talked to anybody about it, but I always find it interesting. Um, is, you know, not everybody wants their contributions publicized. Not everybody wants what they give, what they, what they donate. In this case, Michael Jordan's name was, uh, you know, uh, out front at the museum, as you pointed out. But not everybody wants their, their donations publicized. And I'm not saying that that makes somebody less authentic or less sincere when they do uh, you know, gain notoriety or, or draw attention or announce what they do. I'm not, I'm not 
to say that takes anything away from it, but everybody moves differently. And I think Jordan not only is a victim, uh, if I may say, use that word, of the alleged quote that was attributed to him. It's, there's some you know, discussion as to whether or not there was an actual quote, but Republicans buy sneakers too. Um, along with the fact that he likes to move more in silence, I think those two have contributed right. to a narrative around Jordan that he somehow is uh, less committed uh, and, and less socially aware and less committed to the cause than LeBron and, and, and Kareem and some others. But you and are, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You more. know what? It, it was humbling. It was humbling. There, there are many ways to do it. You know, I thought about this as I was uh, standing there, and I did stand there for another couple of minutes, just really thinking about, like, all the organizations that did, and all the individuals and organizations that did donate to it. And that's always, it's always, there's some cynicism that you have to account for when we talk about these things. Uh, a lot of people who just think rich people can just give, give away any, any amount of money that they want will say, well, of course, they're rich. They did it. But what are, what, what are other people doing who are rich? Where are they giving their, where are they devoting their money? Where are they funneling, funneling their money to? And if you want to take it away from the rich and just bring it down to everyday folk, let's say uh, a rich person gives out. I've always felt this way about charity. When people are are, are kind of sarcastic about charity when it comes from the rich. I say, let's just do it in terms of what percentage of their wealth it is or, or what percentage of their salary it is, if it's a salary. So let's say it's 2% of their salary and you just say, hey, it's only 2% of your salary. Well, bring it down to you. What do you do with 2% of your salary? Like you don't have the money of a rich person, but do you take 2% of your salary and give it to somebody else? Are you charitable at all? So before you go and judge somebody else, look at your own habits mm -hmm. and look at your own decisions that you make with your money, whether you got a lot, a little bit or somewhere in between. That's one. But the other thing is, you know, I, as I stood there watching that, just looking at that board and considering some of the donors, it, it reminded me of how I have played a, a selective game with some of my heroes. So uh, one of my, I'm going to claim her, whether uh, her estate wants to allow me to claim her or not, one of my literary mothers uh, is, is Toni Morrison. I love Toni Morrison. She's also from the, happens to be from the great state of Ohio. Lorraine, stand up. So Toni Morrison, in uh, a documentary that we both have a great deal of respect for, in her documentary, and talking about her life before, I don't know a lot of people know, before she was a great writer, a great novelist full time, she was also an editor. So she started to build her career as an editor before she got into writing novels. And one of the things she said about editing was in the 60s and early 70s, I wasn't going to be out there on the streets. That wasn't my protest. That wasn't, I'm paraphrasing. Because uh, I, I can only paraphrase uh, Toni Morrison or go verbatim. So I don't have a verbatim. I'm going to paraphrase. I wasn't going to go out there in the streets, uh, go out in the streets like others. So my fight was publishing these books. So she published yeah. Angela Davis. She published Muhammad Ali. She published The Black Book, which is still one of the most important books uh, in, in literary and in black literary history. And I'm nodding my head as I'm listening to her. I said, that's right. But I say that's right for Toni Morrison. Why can't I do that for Michael Jordan? Kareem Abdul, as you said beautifully, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar can, can say it and do it one way. LeBron can. 
um, Carmelo can. But with Michael, it's almost as Carmelo's if another. we have, I have, I have asked him to do something different. Hey, do it like everybody else. Well, he didn't do it like everybody else when he played. He's an individual. As we know, it's not you know, just blackness. If we could, if we could define blackness, uh, you, you know, yeah. it, it, that would be so easy. But nobody's been able to do that because it can't be defined. Right, it's not a model. So it's not just one way. I would to do also. It. It's not just one way to do it. I, I would also make sure we keep that in mind uh, for contemporaries as well. I think you know a lot of times, um, especially black athletes, um, you know. We have to respect everybody's gifting. Some people are, are, are better at speaking their mind or some people are moved to speak their mind in ways that others aren't. All I've ever asked is that if that's not your lane, don't dip your toe in it and don't say something, you know, that that doesn't that doesn't help the conversation or, or, or help the movement, like do whatever you feel like you need to do. So I, I've always tried not to. I, I do realize that unto whom much is given, much is required. And of course, if you have this pl- a platform, uh, you know it, it, it's 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 to some extent your duty to use it. But how you use that platform differs from person to person. Speaking of which, you know it's funny you, you brought this up because it reminded me of something that actually was on my mind to talk about. Because uh, tonight, you know, ABC News has a uh, a documentary coming out. Uh, first in a series, superstar Kobe Bryant. And um, when you brought up the National Museum of African American History and Culture, it reminded me. So I, I'm overdue to go back. I haven't been since it opened. Uh, I went to the grand opening. And one of the reasons I wasn't able to go through the entire museum is because um, the Obamas were going through first. So but my flight uh, conflicted oh, and I wasn't okay. able to. I wasn't able to make it, but right. I like the dedication in the White House. I have the pictures. I have a picture of Barack Obama, 44th president, uh, reaching out his hand to shake mine as he was walking out uh, from a private room um, and delivering the address as, as they opened it. My wife and I were in the audience, um, you know, as they dedicated an opening museum. But I remember, man. And, and it's a guy that I just, I never was able to, we never really crossed paths enough. I, I, I have so much uh, professional envy for people like uh, our man Mark J. Spears from The Undefeated or Jay Adande. Because one of the people that, because I was never an NBA writer and I wasn't on the road that much and I, I became more of a studio guy as my career went on, one of the people who I just never got a chance to connect with, and I don't want to flatter myself and say that we ever would have struck up a rapport, Maybe maybe he was not wouldn't have been interested, but I wish I would have got a chance to 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 even have a conversation with Kobe Bryant. And I remember being at um, it was a crowded you know room at the White House, and I remember standing there, and Kobe was about twenty five feet away at this dedication. Um. And I remember, you know, I'm I'm not the I'm not the type of dude just to run up on somebody. I've never been that kind of reporter or individual. And so a lot of people were pulling at him, obviously. And I was I was looking. I was like, man, I should just go say what's up. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to bother him. You know, I'll, I'll I'll get him another time. I'll I'll talk to him another time. But that's cool to see Kobe here, another guy who, as he got older, found his voice and his place in the conversation, uh, and and yeah. the movement for Black Lives and and the movement for social justice. Um, and so I, I didn't, I didn't walk up to him. I didn't say anything. Uh, and then he was, of course, whisked away, whisked away into a private room himself. 
and that was the last time I was in the same space with Kobe. Um, mm. And I, I, I think about that moment all the time. And I don't know about you, man, but I find myself randomly thinking about Kobe just I, just randomly, dude. Like, he'll pop in my head. And again, I didn't know dude like that. But he'll pop in my right. head any moment of the day. And I just think about, like, damn, because Kobe of the, because, because of various Because of various uh, areas... Uh, in the culture, in the sport, no, where he had some type. Well, of, no, but just he, he I, I don't even have a voice. Sometimes it's not even. Yeah. A, but it's not even a trigger. It's not even something that I see. It's not even like if I, not like I saw Shaq or I saw Genie Bus. It's like just randomly I'll think about Kobe out of nowhere, and so uh, I say that to two reasons. One, I I really wish I would have stepped to him and said hello, um, when I when I last had the opportunity. I guess there's a lesson there, right? And then two, um, I don't know if I'm going to be, I'm conflicted about watching it tonight. I don't know if it was on, on your watch list or something that you plan to, to check out tonight. I, I'm conflicted because it's like I still find myself struggling with that reality. I've compartmentalized it, and it's been well over a year, obviously, um, you know, since we lost Kobe and, and, and Gigi and, and, and the rest of the, uh, the victims of the helicopter crash. But I don't know, man. Like, I'm kind of like, I'm nervous about watching it. If that makes sense, like I, you know, I'm, I'm curious, yeah. but I'm also nervous about watching it because it's still, it still feels raw. It still feels fresh. I, you know, I don't, you know, so I, I just want, I don't. That was, I don't have any grander, larger point to make. But when you brought no, up the the museum, I was like, man, you know, I remember, I remember seeing Kobe at that opening. I remember shaking hands with the president again, who I've had the you know pleasure of meeting a few times. I remember seeing Kobe, um, and just. You know, I always flash back to that moment, just wishing I'd have said what's up and, and wishing I'd have tried to strike up more of a relationship with him. When, in, in retirement, I mean, I probably could have reached out or probably could have found a way to, yeah, to get you, to him. Or, or Yeah, you're or talking about but, yeah, but reaching, out, reaching out personally. But I do remember uh, in your, your previous employer, I think one of your first shows, you had Kobe Bryant on as a guest. Did I make that up or... Is uh, did that actually? You know happen? what? You're right. You yeah, Kobe you're right. Yo, you're right. You're okay. absolutely. You're Absolute. right. You're right. I, I, I think was that. Yeah, I'm not sure the timeline there, but you're right. He did come on. He did come on the show. Yes. Yeah. So did I say that was my last was time good. talking was, to Kobe? Or my last time in the same space as Kobe? What did I say? In the same space. No, no. I'm not. Okay. I'm not okay. here yeah. to fact check. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, no, no. You're yeah, right. But you're, I no, but I forgot. I forgot about again as usual. And you have a weird memory. It's, it's interesting the things you remember. Weird, I don't remember much of anything. We, we both have interesting memories. I remember a lot of things, but I forget a lot of things, too. You're right. He was uh, a, a guest um, on the show, and uh, he was great, as I recall. He was, he was fantastic. So, yeah. But here's a, here's, a, here's a great way to land the plane as we play the music and, uh, and, and try to keep this uh, operation on time today. Uh, we, we, mm-hmm. that's, that's, our, mm-hmm. that's our resolution. That's our resolution, our post Olympic resolution. We're going to be on time. We're going to try to be punctual. But I'll tell you what we got. I'm putting it out there right now. We will do a show in 2021. We will do a show from the National African American Museum Museum of History and Culture. We are going to do a show from there. We're going to have some guests. We're going to have Bradley. 21 or 22? 21 or 22? 21. 21. I mean, ain't that much time left in 21, Playboy. I mean, I like, we, I'm under, we under contract to 22. Let's so, do it. I mean, like, let's give us a little more room to kind of work this out logistically. All right. 
21 or 20. Did, how about that? Did you go or 22? Did you go all the way up? Did you go from bottom to top? Because I, I understand. Stop, there's stop. A, did you go? Did you have to stop in the? Did you have to stop in the peace room? I think there's a room, like it might be after Emmett Till, that they that you have to stop in. That's just like a tranquility type room. Did you do that? Like it's like it's it's that powerful when you pass through the middle yeah, passage oh, and Jim Crow. It's yeah, it's yeah, so powerful. yeah. It is. Yeah. It is so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damien so Thomas, Thomas, man. I got I got to call my man. Yeah, I'll call All Damien, right. the curator of the sports wing. My man, right there. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A, a good a good uh, line to get out on because I know KD has rubbed quite a few people, uh, present company included, <laughs> the wrong way quite a few times over the yeah. years. Um, so that, yeah. that was pretty apropos. So uh, that was a clip from, and thank you to Bleach Report. Uh, that was a clip from Draymond Green's new show, uh, adding to his repertoire uh, called Chips, as in chips on uh, people's shoulders. And um, uh, I don't think you had a chance to watch it yet. I, I watched it uh, a little while ago. Um, quick review. Think of it? Uh, I, dig think of it? I dig the concept. I dig the concept. Respectfully, um, they, it lacked production quality. There was some, there was some supporting elements I'd like to have seen and some context I'd like to have seen from a production standpoint, but far be it from me to, you know, how about from anyway, a um, from, since since you since you educated a, our viewers yesterday? How about real quick from a yeah. Sawatsky yeah, journalism standpoint, from yeah. an interviewing standpoint? So how, how did Draymond, you uh, how did you feel about it? I want to I want to be I want to be careful there because you know Draymond as an interviewer and host is is much better than Michael Smith as a basketball player, and I say that to say. You know, he'll get better. He has potential. He's obviously comfortable. Uh, he, he's obviously comfortable on camera. Um, you know, he's uh, not shy about expressing his opinion. I, I shouldn't look at him and expect him to be polished. No different than somebody should look at me and expect me to be able to, you know, 
play small ball five better than anybody has and redefine the center position, right? And so um, it but the but more important the, the concept and the conversation between these two friends and, and former teammates got more compelling as it went on. And the reason I wanted to bring it up to you and I do want to recommend it to you in particular, Michael Holly or or anybody and you know, look, I'm not I don't work for Bleach Report. So I, it's not in my interest to, to push their content. But I found it interesting because it got better as it went on once they started once they got away from their history like that stuff made the headlines yeah. Draymond you know clears the air with KD about the argument you know and and and, and they throw Bob Myers a secret that was that that was that was there was nothing there for me I, I, yeah. I didn't find that part of the conversation particularly interesting what was interesting is when Draymond and KD just started chopping it up as people and it felt like you were a fly on the wall versus the attention grabbing part of the conversation that you know they knew they had to discuss you know uh, yeah. once they once Draymond was talking to KD about chips the chip on his shoulder and the theme of the, of the show chip on his shoulder and, and chips on Draymond's shoulder and, and Harden and Kyrie and 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 KD got into the mental his mentality as a competitor. They talked about the burner account and his and his presence on social media and, and why he conducts himself the way he does on social media. Asked him why he doesn't have any kids at 32, 30, almost thirty three years old. That was fascinating. I thought that was really yeah, interesting. Right. And and I the, the reason I would recommend it to you is you know since they're having a clear the air session, like maybe we could have another clear the air session. As I know that KD is just not your cup of tea, you know, and I just, he is. I, I wonder, but he is, he is though. It's like, it's, I thought he it's, wasn't. It's, it's I, thought, I, thought, I, thought he, I thought he bothered you. I, he, he does. He does. I think, it's, it's, be, be, it's, before you explain, both before you explain, true. I think before you explain, I'll just say this last thing. I think anybody who may not like KD, whether it's because he joined the Warriors and they can never forgive him or, Whatever it is, if you, if you have a problem with KD, I think if you watch this interview, it, it succeeded in uh, he came off well. Let's put it that way. And I, and I think I think it gave you a little yeah. bit of a glimpse into into what makes him tick a little bit. But you were saying. No, I love him as a baller, man. I, I really do. I love his game. I always have loved his game. And so it's not like it, there's something about KD. I don't think he is. What's the easy thing to say? Oh, the guy is overrated. No, he's not overrated. There's oh, no, I mean the person. About his no, game. I mean the person. When I say you oh, don't like KD, no, no, I know. I, I was I talking just, about the person. I just want no. I yeah. know what you're saying. I, but I just feel like I need to just put okay. that out there because you know, you know how things happen. And I, I yeah. didn't really mind him going to the Warriors either. It's like I, I still, for my money, and we can talk to our next next uh, guest about this. For my money, I still say this, Mike, is the best basketball team I've seen in my lifetime. Or, or I'll even say this best basketball team in my lifetime. So I will go 1970 to the present even teams. I don't remember like set the early 70s. Mm -hmm. I remember I guess first team I really remember seeing like vividly was like 79 80. I'm going to include mm -hmm. those best team since 1970 uh, in, in the NBA. Hmm. It's just his little uh, he, he, he picks and chooses so much. I've heard like this is like maybe now when I watch this, I'll hear the 24th version of why he left Golden State 
for Brooklyn and why he left Oklahoma City for Golden State. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, stop it. Stop it. And it's like going at different people in the media and just being so, so crotchety, such a curmudgeon. So that's the stuff that just bothers me about him. But his game, I ain't got no problem with his game. <laughs> that was such a glass house moment. <laughs> Oh, I'm a curmudgeon. You got a little curmudgeon, a curmudgeon in you too, homie. You got a little crotchety curmudgeon in you too from time yeah, to time. I do. I do. I do. That's right. That's fair. No, but, I think that's but fair. it was really, but it was the burner account. And it if was I that, had, it was and that you know type what? of thing. And, huh. and shout out, shout out to people who, uh, who interact with uh, Holly and Smith on, on Instagram. Hey, if I had to, uh, if I had to watch me and listen to me consistently, I might not like me just like I don't like just like I don't like Kevin Durant at times. So yeah, it's all it's all yeah. well and good. No, but I, I I I think you should watch it. I I, I think you should watch it. I'd love to know. Oh, and we can I talk about it later, it. you know. I'd love to I'd love to know what you thought about it. Um but you know, without further ado, you mentioned our next guest. Let's not keep him waiting any while longer. You and I could babble on and on about about what we think we know about K D and what makes him sick. Marcus Thompson from The Athletic literally wrote the book on Kevin Durant uh, knows this man as well as as anybody, um, you know, in, in media knows Kevin Durant. Thank you so much for joining us. First of all, that is an awesome. Uh, That's sweatshirt. great. I like that a lot. A little support. Yeah. Little support, oh, yeah, support yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. That yellow. Oh, black colleges for more black colleges. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely. I love that. I love that color yeah. on you, though. It's a great color. Um, I'm looking over there because my monitor you over there. So good to see you, Marcus. Uh, I don't know how much you heard about our our uh, KD conversation just now, and we were reacting, or I was reacting to the Chips clip um, that we played and, and the conversation they had on Bleacher Report earlier. Not sure if you got a chance to see it. Uh, if you have, we'll love your thoughts. If not, broadly speaking, we'd love to know where you think KD is right now um, in terms of just his overall headspace, his, his mindset. You know, having signed that contract with, with Brooklyn, so he's there long term. Just won another gold medal, acquitted himself well in the playoffs, even if it didn't end the way uh, the Nets wanted it to. Just your overall assessment of Kevin Durant as we sit here and now. But, but can I can I begin in a different place? Can I begin with uh, please Draymond? Uh, I got I got a problem yeah, with Draymond. Hey, man, Draymond, if you listen to this, me and you got beef. You need to holler at me. I can't stand y'all people who do interviews better than us. Like it really, it really upsets me. <laughs> it really upsets me that that would like, I've heard this Katie Draymond stuff forever. I'm a little sick of it. I was like, I don't want to see this again. Like, I, I like we're still talking about this. This was like years ago, right? We've had a pandemic since then, right? Like this is like, oh, are, you, are we still talking about this? And then I watch that thing and I'm like, yo, I hate Draymond. Like this dude is too good. Like, you know, like he's well, got to be good at everything. Yeah, well, like well, what did you relax. think? What did you think he did well? What did you think he did? What did you think he did particularly well? Well, I mean, he's cheating because he's got insider information, right? He he knows the whole story, so he knows what to ask. But I thought I love number one how he asked the question, and he gave him the space to answer, right? And this one, like mm-hmm. as somebody who does this, I watch a lot of interviews, and one of my pet peeves is the interview yeah. trying to talk too much. And it was like, yo, he like literally would ask the question and then let it breathe. I was like, did this dude get like a Barbara Walters training session or something? Like, why is he so good at this? And then like his chime ins were great. Like 
their interaction was really good. Like I, I was just like, yo, this Draymond is like a media dude. Draymond and Jamal Crawford are gonna take He's over the future. media. Yeah, and it's, it's He's definitely I, and I don't. He it means I don't. Yeah, right. I might I might need a spot <laughs> with y'all. It's funny you because... say that. I said that yesterday. I feel, I feel like these these dudes like we're like Homo sapiens, and they're like the X Men. You know, like they're like they're like you know the Brotherhood, and they just decide they're about to wipe us out. You know what I mean? Just render us completely <laughs> obsolete. Right. I wouldn't. I, I was not. I, I I picked up what you did. I, I do think he did a solid job. I, I'm not as gl- my review of his performance is not as glowing as yours. Again, he was talking to a friend, um, and yeah, but but I also recognize and like like. Like yeah, like I said before you uh, before you came on, I also recognize like me looking at Draymond Green right now as he is developing into this media personality is like if somebody not even he's better at he's better at doing what I do, way better at doing what I do than I am at anywhere close to doing what he does. Put it that way, you know what I'm saying? Like for me to evaluate Max. him as an interviewer, that's his side gig. <laughs> so I'm with you 100. That's what's man. so like frustrating it's, about it's, it. You know, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm different though. Than, but, but just, I'm different than your curmudgeon, your curmudgeonly co-host, who all who is definitely a little bit curmudgeonly. It's I believe it is an adorable <laughs> quality. Like I appreciate it. Uh, but I one of the things that I've always thought with Kevin Durant is we project onto him how we think he should be, and there's a very uncle type of quality in KD. KD is the uncle who you're cool with, right? Uh, And I don't know what it is about uncles and aunts, but we accept all of them, right? Our parents, we don't like stuff about them. (laughs) But uncles and aunts, we roll with it, right? (laughs) Like we we rock with uncles and aunts. Flaws, perks, they're great because of it. There's a very uncle quality KD. And like like you said, there'll be 24. There might end up being 50 reasons why he did what he did but it really is that layered and complex and i i do i do like the fact that no matter what we say kd refuses to be different he's gonna be curmudgeonly he's gonna be surly he's gonna be entertaining uh it it was just like i think we got to see the bit of kd that happens behind the scenes right where he will just he will just talk to you man like uh, even about hard stuff he he will talk if you just talk to him so to me it was it was like, yeah, I, I remember that, Katie. That, 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 this is why Katie's cool, because you could talk to him about the most uncomfortable thing, and he will have an answer for it. Uh, and as long as we stop saying, Katie, you should be this way, then we could just kind of like look at, check out the person that is developing before us. Mm-hmm. All right, now that's interesting, Marcus. So let me ask you this. Um, you know, Vinny Goodwill was on on Monday, and he repeated something that he has said a, a couple of times. He has said, KD is the best player in basketball. We just never gave him the flowers we should have given him. And so I, I think it was a bold statement from, from Vinny. I mean, some people say KD, some people say LeBron, uh, Giannis, uh, even Luca's getting a little bit of love uh, lately. Do you agree that KD is or has been uh, the best player in basketball? Uh, I, I, is or has been pick one will be like like yes he's he is that dude right uh, I think at that point it's a matter of preference right um, it's a matter of what you what you prefer I'm not gonna argue with people who say LeBron is the best player in the game like I get it but uh, I, I do think that Vinny is right about that and uh, if for if you're Kevin Durant it's got to be tough uh, I wrote about this in a book but the one place 
that I think he'll get what he deserves in Seattle. But we ain't care about KD in Oklahoma City like that. Like, it was cool when he had backpacks and press conferences and he pulled out his Bible. It was cool, but nobody was talking about Kevin Durant like that. Then he comes to the Warriors and everybody hates him. So his first time on that stage was hate. So, no, Vinny's right. He hasn't gotten his his flowers. He hasn't got his time in the shun. His fanfare does not match his talent. More, most people with his level mm. of ability, and we're not even talking about just pro. We wasn't on KD like that at Texas <laughs> and probably because at high school, probably because he hopped around high schools and he was skinny and people didn't know what, what would become of him, but he wasn't on no Sports Illustrated cover, right? It wasn't no chosen one. We knew he was good, but at no point did his fanfare ever match his talent. And I, I agree with Vinny on that. Like, we don't appreciate the greatness of KD. And, and maybe it's because we don't appreciate mid-range jumpers, right? Like, like LeBron dunks like crazy and, and, and Steph shoots from 30 feet. And KD will kill you with 15 straight 15-footers, right? Like, and maybe maybe that's not as appealing as people would like, but I agree with Vinny 1,000%. He's never been in that space where he was beloved outside of the time in Oklahoma City, and I just think that was Oklahoma City. We really wasn't checking for Oklahoma City like that. Well, well tell, me, tell me the layer that he brought to the, the, the discernible uh, layer from either from your perspective or the other Warriors, you know, remember, we all know they, they won a championship, then they won 73, they lost uh, in, in the finals, then they came back with him and they were just like, in my opinion, just a, a monster. Yeah. What did you see? What did he bring out of others? What did you see in him that maybe you hadn't recognized before? Well, first off, like, remember we were talking about the levels with Oklahoma City. The Warriors weren't on that level either, right? Like, it wasn't until 73 where people started believing him. Remember after they won a title, everybody was like, it's fake. That's where we got the cool story, Glenn, from Draymond, because everybody's talking about they got injury luck and all that. So I do think KD brought the lights. <laughs> like, he brought the brightest lights they'd ever seen. Uh, and they got to be on that stage. Uh, and that's what they wanted. But mostly – Man, I don't think they've ever been in the presence of such a baller, right? And watching a guy say, yo, I can have the ball or not. <laughs> like, I could I could take 30 shots or I might only need 15. I could flip a switch and I could drop 50. Or, man, I could just play defense and pass. And I think him being able to hop around almost forced other people to hop around too, right? Draymond became an incredible floor general like he averages seven plus assists now because he had to be that when it was KD was there Steph became this super off the ball dynamic scorer he could do it he did a lot with Mark Jackson but man his ability to play off the ball became second to none because you can do that with KD I just think he raised the floor and the ceiling so high because he was just so talented and when he told Steph bruh, you got to be you. I'm going to be good either way. It kind of unlocked something, right? Like, it, it it unlocked the level. Ke- Kevin goes so hard in practice. I don't think people understand this. Like, the dude is going hard. It's, it's hard to outwork KD. You know, it, like, you can't – there's no slack moments. Even when he wasn't happy, even when it, everybody thought he was leaving, 
the dude was still in there sweating it out in practice, right? He was still going through it hard. So it just raises the level to have somebody who's that good around because the dude, I mean, he is that good. And I, I still think there's levels for him to get to. And, uh, and he spoke to that very uh, commitment in the interview with uh, the conversation with Draymond, which again was uh, was solid. I definitely would recommend it. And like I said, it gets better as it goes on. And you can see them both kind of relax once they get the required conversation out the way. It was pretty uh, enlightening. I want to talk about the Warriors, though, the present day Warriors. We, you know, we, we spent a lot of time in the past, but um, there's a lot of anticipation about what they might do this offseason. Flip those two first round picks, maybe get a Ben Simmons. Instead, they end up drafting uh, Kaminga and, and, and Moody. Uh, what have you seen? Again, I know it's summer league, uh, but what did you <laughs> see from the rookies in summer league? Uh, and, and what's your assessment of, of where the Warriors are as they try to have this? They try to parallel path this thing, for lack of a better phrase. They got this finite window with Draymond and Clay and Steph, and yet. Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, they got, you know, they got this this future as well, that these developing prospects. Man, Kaminga's a bully, dude. Like, I ain't never seen an 18-year-old come in Debo and cats like this. Like, he he wasn't about that find your spot, like take your time, learn it. Like, he was immediately treating dudes like he was Kawhi and they were some little guard, right? And obviously a summer league, like he'll get the ball, but he was going shoulder to chest. He's big. He's not little. Remember what happened to that, by the way? Remember when rookies were skinny and needed to gain weight <laughs> and add muscle? Like, this dude's coming in 6'8", 230, 240, and solid. Like, so I, I, th- I think he changes it a little bit. I think with Kaminga, the, the initial thought was, these youngsters won't be able to do nothing, right? You, you didn't get them any help. Mm-hmm. I think they're looking at Kaminga like, yo, he might be a, he might be a role player, right? Like, he, we, we might be able to use that ability, but, but the truth is all this falls on clay, right? The bottom line is clay, Steph and Draymond got to be great. And that begins with can clay be clay again? So none of it matters if clay is not healthy and it's not that good, right? If he needs more time, then Kaminga ain't good enough to fill it. They didn't answer that question, but if clay is good and Steph is still great and Draymond is good. Now you, you got a little bit more and, ancillary pieces that's what they needed they needed some pieces to kind of bolster that Wiggins as your fourth best player I know he's making 33 million that's a hell of money but if he's your fourth best player your team is pretty good and with Clay healthy that's what he becomes so Kaminga though that dude is man he's a bully and all these people were talking about his work ethic the brother came from Congo at 13 and left his family behind like you don't get greater work ethic than that you know what I'm saying like (laughs) It's crazy right. to work ethic yeah. when he, you know, when he came out here. That he he tweeted other like last month. Y'all had lunch with my parents for the first time in five years. You know how many people can't handle that? Like you people break yeah. down when they can't see their parents. So yeah, he like he he's pretty much he's a savage, yo. There's a there's a level of him where you like whatever's gonna take. He's gonna he's gonna get it. Now skill development is yeah. a whole different beast, right? Like even. Even gangsters can cannot be good, right? So there's a part of him that's got to learn how to play. But man, he ain't scared at all. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Uh, before we let you go, want to stay in the Bay Area with one last question? Oh, excuse me, I beg your pardon, Trey Area. Um, and you wrote about that uh, that 80 yard touchdown from uh, from Trey Lance um, against Kansas City in his first preseason game. Um, 
talk about uh, talk to us about the symbolism and the meaning of that throw, not just what it could unlock in Kyle Shanahan's offense, but uh, who was watching from the opposing sideline as you wrote about in the athletic? Uh, what, what's what's that dude name number fifteen? So keep in mind, in twenty nineteen <laughs> Super Bowl, the 49ers had number six locked up, right? They up ten in the fourth quarter in Miami, like it's done. And then a dude named Patrick Mahomes start doing Patrick Mahomesian things, right? And there, everybody who's in the 49er nation is like, can, can, can we get one of those? Like, where, where you buy those at? <laughs> where you buy those at? Because you know Garoppolo, he's had he's had a couple injuries. He tore his ACL. He he wasn't this guy, I, Mike. I know you know he wasn't so like stationary part of it was he used to move a little bit he used to get out the pocket i mean he was never lamar jackson but he wasn't like yo i gotta go through my reads and if it ain't there i'm dumping it off and that's what he had become uh and the kansas city chief defense kind of sat on that right and even shanahan was like listen man we just gonna run the ball because you're not really getting it done and i think there was a desire to get one of those they were talking about getting Deshaun watson before you know he became a you know, mm-hmm. a problem <laughs> and that they wanted to move into the future. And it's like, yo, can you get one of those guys who are not just plays over once the read isn't there and Trey man off rip. He looked like that guy. He looked like one of those guys. And you know, the 49er quarterback mystique is significant. Like you don't just walk in playing quarterback for the 49er. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so yeah, he, he walked in at number five on the field. Like, he looked like he was ready. He looked like he wanted some smoke. And then he had on some, like, uh, yeah. cement J's afterwards. And I was like, man, when the last time you seen a quarterback rocking some uh, cement J's at a press conference in the 49ers? It don't happen. They come up there with a the little billabong the T-shirt, and cargo pants. Yeah, like, so he got some swag, too. It was like, yeah. what, what, is, what is happening yeah, here? Man. Like, the 49ers might be back. I was just about, I was just about to say because when you talk about can we get one of those, I'm like, oh yeah, it's been so long. Oh my god, the 49ers have never had great quarterbacks. Say, Niners. Oh my god, on, so, spoiled. Like, so spoiled, so spoiled. Another, you need another great quarterback, huh? <laughs> like some I mean, franchises, some franchises be like, some franchises say like, we'll just take a Jeff Garcia. We'll, we'll take your like leftovers, like anything. Some, some franchises <laughs> right? don't have a quarterback at all. We'll take your Alex Smith. Yeah. <laughs> you know. By the way, uh, I, 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 I think mean, it's important to yeah. say, it's important to say to you two, uh, you know, uh, once young black men, right? Y'all just on the other side of young, that I hope when you were watching Draymond and KD, I hope you uh, felt the powers of reconciliation and the importance of two uncles getting through their beasts. You know what I'm saying? As much as y'all be arguing on this show, I hope y'all see that no matter how far <laughs> Holly goes, there's always a chance to get back, right? You can always make it back. That's what these two old black men show. You can argue over who's better, Prince or Michael Jackson. You can fight. You can get to a near fight. And then eventually, a couple drinks later, you back giggling again. Marcus, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck with Holly. How, he is the what you call it, Michael, the executor. He is the executor of my trust. Okay, like I'm stopped. Like Mike, yeah. Mike got power over me. That goes beyond hey, this show. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. It, it, in my so sleep, good. in my sleep, I practice. I practice writing Michael Holly trustee in my sleep. It gives me great power. I love it. I love it. You two are the ultimate uncles. Yeah. 
I, I, I need y'all. Yeah, y'all, yeah. y'all the ultimate uncles. I, y'all gonna give me five dollars, give me some game, and tell me something my parents won't don't want me to know. That's that's who y'all are. <laughs> well, 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 you, well, you and I are definitely overdue for an offline conversation, man. Appreciate the time. I know you got to run, do a podcast. It, it's always fun having you on, man. Let's let's do it again real soon. All right. Absolutely. You know Good one thing, market. Katie missed. You know one thing, Draymond missed that I thought he was gonna talk about. What? Thought he's gonna get on him by brushing his hair. Oh, oh. <laughs> he tried. Hey, listen, you know he was a guest. He tried to, you know, be nice with him. You know, try to. It was I, his first show. I, I, I take Katie's approach. I take Katie's approach. It's just hair. Yeah. Why y'all care? <laughs> yeah, just, hey, Thanks, fellas, go, for having man. me. Hey, take my approach. Shave it off. Let it Absolutely. go. He had a good run. I'm with it. I had a good run too. Yeah. Done. Mike went home. You went home, as they said. Marcus Thompson, read him in the athletics. <laughs> Be good. Have a good one. Great stuff. Thank you, Marcus. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama. Cole Hahn, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. All right, Mike, uh, not a surprise, not a surprise, Christmas Day in the NBA. I mean, look, it, it wasn't that long ago, you'd say, all right, Christmas, what's the programming? What's going on? What we gonna watch on Christmas? So you're not even thinking about it that way. Now, the NBA's Christmas schedule is a part of the gift giving in so many ways. They keep stacking in the games, the matchups are fantastic. They're at good times of the day. You plan your Christmas day. I don't know about in your house, but I plan my schedule, like eating schedule and just napping schedule around the games that I want to watch. And so obviously, Nets Lakers, the title contenders from both conferences, uh, the number one title contender for both conf- uh, for the Eastern Western Conference, respectively, you know, going head to head. I think it's incredible. And you know, I, I was looking at this and thinking about this matchup. Some great, and great schedule. Wondering, great schedule. It is. It, but it, you know what, Mike? It I always mean, like, just, is. Just like it, it, the last four or five Hawks, years, it they have is. taken this thing up. Hawks, Knicks, Hawks, Hawks, Look Knicks, this. Celtics, Bucks, Warriors, Suns, Nets, great Lakers, matchup. Mavericks, Jazz. I mean, every. I mean, it, it's always a great slate. But every now and then there's a game that she'd be like, you know what? I, I could do without that game. 
I would watch all of it. I would make sure that I like you can't be like, man, you know what? I got to go to bed. I'm not missing Luca versus Donovan Mitchell. I'm not missing that game. But that's, that's, uh, that's Christmas and, Day. Know, Don't sleep on opening day either. I, 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 which one is better, opening day or Christmas Day? Because opening day is uh, is pretty stacked as well. Opening day, hold on. Let's see. Where, let, me, uh, let me look it up right here. I was trying to pull it up while you were talking. Opening night has got, can't wait to go back and forth with you again with next, Nets Bucks and, yeah. uh, and Warriors Lakers. Um, that's on October 19th. So it, the, the season just ended, and, and here we go again. But I'm sorry, you're going to say something about the Christmas games in particular. Go ahead. No, I was going to say something about the Christmas games, but before we get to the Christmas games, you said going back to bed. I don't know. You, you, you mentioned the other day you have two teenagers, and that just had to settle with me for a while. I'm like, wow. Mike and Sarah got two teenagers. <laughs> so I was just like yeah. messing with my hair for a little yeah. bit. But are they at the point where they sleep in on Christmas or are they up at 6, 6.30, 7, in the morning on Christmas? Because uh, if they, they get sleep. up that early. They sleep now. Oh, they sleep in. They sleep okay. now. They, they, yeah, they know their gifts will be there. The, the nine-year-old still wakes up. Our kids. The too. They know their gifts our, will our kids, be there. Our kids get up early. So they're up. Yeah. We tell them no time before 7, please. Just respectfully, no time before 7. But they are up until late. They wait like 6.59, 59 seconds. Then boom, here they come. So with this Christmas schedule, it's perfect. They're up at seven. We're usually exhausted uh, when they're up. You know, get their stuff. An hour later, hour and a half later, we go to sleep. The schedule is so nice that it even accommodates that. That first game is at noon, so I can get a little uh, a post morning nap, say from like ten to eleven thirty, and then get ready uh, for for Hawks Knicks in that first game. But when I was looking at Nets Lakers in particular on Christmas, I thought of how the last couple of NBA seasons have ended up. Last year, let's face it, you got a surprise champion. I know Milwaukee was built for a championship, but for, for most of the season, it looked like the Lakers were going to be the champ. They were going to repeat. Then injuries hit them. And then it looked like, you know, Brooklyn was the team to beat. Injuries hit them. And then the, the Suns went up to zip, looked like they were going to win it. And then finally the Bucks win. So a surprise yeah. champion last year, surprise champion when Toronto won with Kawhi. Uh, nobody saw that coming. And my, my point is, hmm. we look at Nets Lakers. It's almost like the old school NBA of here. These teams are going to be in the finals and you used to be able to predict it. And 95% of the time you were right. Do you look at this and say, these are the title contenders. I mean, these are the, the NBA finalists, or do you say these are two interesting teams and I just want to see them play? Because I look at the latter. Two interesting teams. I just I think we're beyond wire to wire. I know what's going to happen in the NBA. I don't think it's going to be like that anymore. I think we're in the era of, hey, you can probably identify six to eight teams that can win the championship, but you don't know for sure who's going to win it. At the risk of igniting another one of our endless debates, um, don't worry, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to respond. Go ahead, Shane. go ahead. That's why. That's why I. That's why <laughs> stifling laughter. That's why. That's why I no, take exception. No. 
I'm just but with the I'm buttoning up. Absolute, I'm buttoning up. With your with, with your absolute analysis when it comes to transactions. Like we, whether whether it was the Clippers trade, the Nets trade, and you and I go back and forth and round and round in circles and do this dance about if they don't win it, then the move was a failure. When I when I all I'm saying is you just want to put yourself in that six to 18 mix that you just referred to. Um, yep. And I'm with you, man. Like I don't, I don't look at the Lakers and not just because of their age, not just because of the uncertainty of the NBA season as it relates to health. We saw how that played out last year because after, after last off season, after the Lakers were coming off of a championship in the bubble, pretty much everybody was like, Oh wow, they got Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. They're better than they were when they won a championship. Right. It's a wrap. Cancel Christmas, as I'm fond of saying. Cancel Christmas. Like, Lakers will win it again. You know, then we'll have a a different LeBron Jordan conversation, right? And obviously, things played out and didn't go. Or the Nets. I mean, come on, man. Like, nobody put on for the Nets outside of Brooklyn more than I did once they got James Harden. That's right. And obviously, injuries and taking nothing away from the Bucks, you know, had something to say about that. I'll say all that to say, I'm with you, man. And and when the Lakers, when they got... um, when they made their moves and they got Russell Westbrook and even after that Carmelo Anthony, I didn't I don't even I know in, I know every in LA it is championship or bust in LA. I know that that's how they look at at the world and it's like got to win a championship. I'm just thankful and I, I appreciate that they're just that much more interesting. I don't consider them to be a yeah. lock to win a championship. I don't even know if I would go out and say that they're definitely the favorite. I know you know, when you got LeBron and AD, wait for it. If healthy, you know they should be considered a favorite. You but you, you know, I, I was yeah, that was that was that was just for you. But Thank for you. me, it was more like, hey, it's just gonna be fun to watch, and that's enough for me. That's that's as a as a fan, as a consumer, like that's part of what makes this league and this and this game and sports in general, for that matter, so great. Is it's like, look, man, it doesn't have to be championship or bust from an enjoyment standpoint, like I'm just interested to see how LeBron and AD who need shooters around them are going to coexist with Russell Westbrook. I I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, for the Nets. I think it's a little different. I think it's a little different for the Nets. Um, There is more. I mean, because LeBron and AD have already won it. Westbrook hasn't won it, but I mean, it's like I don't. I, I don't know that people look at Russell Westbrook through the same vein now as they do. That's right. You're right. James Harden in particular. James Harden in particular. Right. And to a lesser extent, right. Kyrie Irving, despite his obvious contribution to Cleveland's championship, um, there's a little more championship or bustness to the Nets. Um, yeah. You know. So, but I, but I for the Lakers though. Let's just enjoy the show for the Nets. You know, I do see it as it, it would barring injury, barring injury. It would be a shock if the Nets didn't come out of the East with all due respect to the two time MVP who just put himself in best player in the league conversation if he wasn't already and Giannis and what he did against the Suns in the finals. Um, you know, the Bucks will be back. You know, the Heat looked great, uh, at least on paper with what they what they did. Um, but when the Nets bring back Durant another year removed from the Achilles, 
bring back Harden, bring back Kyrie, add Patty Mills, okay? Uh, bring back Blake and Bruce Brown. We'll see if, if you know, they found a, a hidden gem, you know, in Cam Thomas. Um, I, I think it would, would be a surprise if anybody but Brooklyn, again, barring injury, came out of the East. So, uh, I, I feel you on, you know, nothing's guaranteed, yeah. but the the Nets on paper are as close as I think you can get. To, they, they they deserve to be the overwhelming favorites, but again, you think so? Just to bring it back really when we started, so, huh? this is why this is this is why I just have an issue with your. Well, they, you know, if you make a trade, and you don't win it. It's a failure. Like, well, but you put yourself in the conversation, in the mix. And speaking yeah. of conversations, real quick, I didn't want to I didn't want to derail yeah. that conversation and waste too much time. Looking back, I wanted to get Marcus's take on uh, the present-day Warriors as well as Trey Lance, and, and we'll press for time there. I think there's a little bit of revisionist history going on with Kevin Durant. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to be that guy and I'm going to nitpick. Um, you know, I think Vinny's conviction, Vinny's conviction is what sets that take apart. But yes. Kevin Durant has long been in the conversation for best player in the NBA. Most more really? often than not that conversation does end. Yeah, man. Like, like let's not act like Kevin Durant was slept on. Yo, I know so. No, I no, know no. so. Slept on when though. He, no, I mean, like Kevin no, Kevin Durant. That conversation is not new. That take is not new. Now, again, well, if you've you. been consistent, if you like okay, if Vinny and others have been consistent with Kevin Durant's the best player, and the has been part for some time, whether everybody else wants to recognize it or not. Okay, that's 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 the different. That's a slightly different twist. Yeah. But there are plenty of people who thought Kevin Durant was the best player, and there's no shame in when? it being a debate. And then it's Le- guess, and you end up with guess, LeBron. Like it's not like he's come out come from nowhere, and people have been underrating Kevin nowhere, Durant. Right. Plenty of that's, people have given see, Kevin Durant going, his no, flowers. No, he no, no, just no. did underrated. Underrated is too strong. That's too strong. I agree with you. Now I don't think if, if somebody is saying, "Man, nobody ain't nobody talking about Kevin Durant." I'm like, okay, stop. You gone too far. Well, no, I'm not uh, saying I'm, I'm saying. not saying that extreme. I'm saying the idea that Kevin Durant, like Kevin Durant, has been in the conversation for best player in the league. Mm. He went to Golden State. He got hated on, and people did right. take away from him, if you will. Because they didn't realize the moment he walked into that that they wouldn't have won without him. And the moment he walked in the door, he was the best player on that team. He was the best player on the team with a two-time MVP. Okay, and the only unanimous MVP that we've right. seen. And so people have not given him his just due to the extent that they maybe should. I agree with that. But he's long been in the conversation for best player. Again, I don't want to spend too much time on that, mm. but it just sounded like there was a yeah. lot of like you know what like I want to do. Like there's no, he's been in the conversation for a while. I, I want more often than not. It ends with sure LeBron want, in a, in a Rakim kind hey. of way in a Rakim. You know, like with MCs, yeah. Michael, like with MCs. It's yeah. like, you know, you talk about greatest MCs of all time. It's like, yeah, yeah, you got to go back. Got to be Rakim or got to be Jay-Z. It just feels like I think LeBron is in that Rakim Jay-Z type always range where it feels wrong to not say it's LeBron. So I would say the yeah. the people who who said that KD was the best player and has been the best player for a while, they're in the minority. And even now, it's not a given that KD is the best player. It's still a matter of opinion or a matter of preference, as we said. So that's all. I just want to 
I don't want to spend too much time, but I just felt like I needed to say that. Well, get it off my chest. Let me say a couple things. I take seven MCs, put them in a line, and seven more brothers who think they can rock. Look, listen, okay, I won't, I won't get started. Now, don't get me started on Rock Him. We can talk about Rock Wait, Him. Wait, what's, what's the next line? Rock Him show too. Take seven. Uh, like, Twenty-one take, MCs ate up at the same time. I forgot more, the third one. Yep. Well, yeah, it'll take before seven, I go take for mine out as twenty-one MCs ate up at the same time. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Easy does yeah. it. Do it Got easy. It. That's what I'm doing. That's right. Yeah. All right. So. um but I, you know, you say we've long talked about KD. I'm not necessarily saying I need to see receipts, but I guess I want to go. I want to walk back. I want to walk through the seasons with people, and just like you're going to mm-hmm. have to take a season, you have to take 2012-13 season, and then put a line with the players. So we're going to have the name of players, the names of players on one side. They're going to have the seasons, and then I'm going to have to people going to yeah. have to match up. Seasons for me. See, my problem with Vinny on this is that he's saying this about Kevin Durant. He kind of sort of said it about Kawhi Leonard. And then there's LeBron. So at some point. Well, that's what I mean by the conversation. That's that, that's all I'm saying. Well, no, and it's, again, I, no I don't. Let's let's not talk. Right. I don't like talking about Vinny when he's not here. We'll, we'll we'll pick this up with him Friday. But I mean, point yeah. being is it's like oh, wait, hey, listen, it's always been a debate. It's, it's, it's been group. a debate. It's been a debate. It's been a debate. Now that again, that debate probably ended with LeBron. But again, it's all subjective. And even now, Katie, the best player, like, well, is he? You know, I mean, it's not a it's not it's not a given. Um, I do want to talk about it's one debatable. other but one other NBA. Oh, before I saw we get a, there. A, a awesome stat. Before we get there, though. Okay, go ahead. Give me the stat, and then give me the stat. Then I because I have one more thing for you. Give me the stat first, and I have. No, it's not about this. It's, it's it's a different topic. It's a totally different topic. So if it's on this, I'm, I'm right. changing topics. But go ahead. Well, this is what I was. This is what I was going to say. Uh, two quick things. My first quick point. When you said, "Hey, I think the Nets would have to be the favorites," with all respect mm-hmm. to the two-time MVP, Giannis. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel with and I'm not even talking about from a respect standpoint, just historically. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this example. You'll appreciate this being a Marvel man. It's almost as if mm-hmm. when when players, especially in their prime, when they when they win their first championship, they become super soldiers. You know, what I mean, it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> I, I knew we knew we knew you were good. But now you're going to this yeah. next level, like this superhuman level, and they become championship yeah. hoarders. And so it's almost like, don't let me mess yeah. around and win a championship because you think I've been a great player all along. But now that I won a champion, flood a championship, flood I, got, I got swagger. I, I got something. I got something else that you didn't expect. And so with Giannis, already defensive player of the year, already a two-time MVP. Now he's a finals MVP. The way he closed down the last yeah. NBA finals with the 50-piece, I think he still yeah. has room to grow and he figured it out. I've never seen anybody Mike a great player. I can't think of anybody else. Nobody who has improved in the NBA finals like Giannis got better in the finals. Like that's not supposed to happen. We knew you were dope, but not. Oh, you're better. You, you're better in game six right. than you were in game four and you were great in game four, but now you're better. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, watch out for Milwaukee. I'm not saying it from a hey, nobody's uh, picking us. Oh, poor little <laughs> Milwaukee. Not from that standpoint. No, I got you. Just from no, a, I got you. They got, I got you. He's that dude. But here's the other thing I want to say to you. Mm. Now that I will, 
I, I am willing to, now I'm going to negotiate here on air. I am willing to say that I've been a little too extreme. I've been a little too harsh in my, hey, if you don't win the championship, throw everything else out, you have failed. I will soften on that point. If you will admit to the people, you ain't got to tell the whole story, but tell part of the story. If you will admit to the people that you kind of confessed to me earlier today that you actually believe that some teams <laughs> aren't trying. <laughs> That's some bull, bro. That... <laughs> Come on, different context, different context. But you believe that even though on the surface it may seem outrageous, everybody's trying to win. Everybody's trying to do what's best. We just want what's best. We, of course, of course we want to win. How could you suggest anything otherwise? Well, I'm going to go with your actions. Your words say you want to win. Your That's actions I, 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 say okay. something else. Okay, completely different context. And it was a joke. It was a joke. Okay, that was that's following you to do that to bring out text exchanges. To, Didn't seem to like you were joking me without my permission. See, that very, was a joke. Okay, see, very serious. So to me. I here's no joke. Text. I am, all right, I take a screenshot. The team I thought you were going to bring up. No, because names were used. The team I thought you were going to bring up um, uh, in the Eastern Conference in particular that has not been mentioned because there's just so much uncertainty around that team is Philadelphia, your Philadelphia 76ers, who before yeah, you jump on the, ba- the Bucks bandwagon, you were on the Sixers bandwagon. Um, That's right. Cr- this is a stat I saw today. Wasn't Talk aware man. of it. It's hiding in Talk plain sight. Joel Embiid. Who signed his four-year, hundred and ninety-six million dollar extension with the Sixers the other day? Did you know, Michael? Impress, impress your friends with this. Did you know that he has the highest points per thirty-six minutes average in NBA history? Uh, I did not know. At twenty-nine point three. Yeah, Michael Jordan is second at twenty-eight point three. Um. So even though you know the Sixers, even though this is where stats. Can well, I just say just real quick how stats? Will mess yeah. you up sometimes. I, you know, it's like, it's like uh, there's a base, the baseball, baseball reference does this thing about you know the average season. It has a stat about average season, mm-hmm. right? So there are some dudes who have, let's just say, just for example, it says, uh, all right, so baseball reference, average season, 293, uh, 375 on base, uh, 515 slugging. Even though that guy never hit 293, never had the on-base percentage of the average season or the slugging percentage. I say that to say this, Michael Jordan actually averaged 30 for his career. He averaged 30. <laughs> so the whole per 36 minutes right. and to say 29, like, nah, man, the dude, that dude averaged 30 for real. <laughs> you can take your per 36 and throw it out. Okay, but I'm yeah, sorry. Not I, cool I know how you though. feel cool, about com- cool stat, Mike. I know how you feel cool about that. I know how you feel about complex numbers. I get it. I'm sorry. I, I, no, I forget to stay I, I away like from reality. Was, you, you, I, you were I'm told sorry, there would Mike. be no math. I know you Mike. don't like numbers. Mike. Sorry. Sorry for even there. Sorry. I like reality. Apologize. It's too analytical. I'm sorry, Michael. For you. I like it, reality a little better. I just too advanced. I just tend to I go even, with okay. things that have that ain't even the things point. Things that have actually happened. That ain't even the point. Things that have actually That's not happened. even the point. Not what Fine. Okay. might happen. What is projected to happen versus what a, actually did happen? But anyway, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You got it. It wasn't a projection. You and your numbers. Go it wasn't ahead. a projection. It's points that they scored per thirty-six. Whatever. Per thirty-six. Okay. Go ahead. Whatever. All right. Whatever. 
Um, Did Joel Embiid average thirty six minutes no qu- a game last year? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to. Why are we I'm going sorry to break? Anybody tell your... to go to break? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, I'm sorry wait, to on. interrupt your Sloan. Your Stop, Sloan cut the conference. Music. Go ahead. Cut the music. Cut, cut the music. music. Cut the music. Um, cut the music. Yeah, we're, going, we're not. Um, you know what? <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, one of these days I'm a cuss. I am going to cuss. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I'll save it for the other side. That's fine. Play. Go, do, go to break. We'll come back. I'll, I'll actually, Play music. I actually get my question Bring it out. back. Bring that beat back. Y'all want to hear the beat, right? Bring the beat back. Like you got me on an old school hip hop track now. I'll I'll get to, I'll get to it on the other side. You brought. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is what I was trying to get to. Um, I'm seeing multiple headlines, uh, whether it's Bleacher yeah. Report and in our own uh, pro basketball talk, uh, describing the, the increasingly real scenario of Ben Simmons uh, returning to the Sixers, largely based off of um, Daryl Morey's asking price, uh, his, his astronomical asking price for Ben Simmons. Um, even though Simmons has reportedly more or less disconnected, uh, you know, from the team this offseason. Uh, we all know how last uh, postseason ended. I guess I just do you do you agree with man how Daryl Morey is playing this? I, I don't know. Um, no. Okay, good. So we no. don't. Oh, you, wow. Mike. Stop the presses. We're actually in agreement. Okay, good. We're we're how are you different? No, no, look, no, we can't. <laughs> um, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, for real. Mike, you keep saying one of these days you're going to cuss on the show. If I were to do a Ben Simmons role play, if I'm role playing Ben Simmons right now, I would cuss right yeah. now. I would, I would get this whole thing shut down. You got to be out of your flipping mind. From, from the perspective of Ben Simmons, y'all, it ain't no subtle threw me under the bus, ain't no, well, if you read between the lines, what they were saying about bitch. No, y'all dogged me out. Y'all dogged me out after we lost yeah. game seven at the crib yeah. to Atlanta. There are a lot of things, a lot of people who did not play well throughout that series. Ben Simmons was the headliner, clearly. But there were some decisions that weren't well thought out. There were some performances that weren't up to uh, up to expectation. They, they dogged this dude. Now they're going to have them come back, not because they appreciate them, but because the general manager asked for too much and they're just waiting them out. No, no. You know what? I, if I'm Ben Simmons and his camp, I'm forcing a trade. 
Y'all go trade me. I'm not coming back there. And if I do come back, you're not gonna like yeah. you're not gonna like what you hear. You you, you go get me out of here. Yeah, I mean, I, what I what I don't like, and and I I try to avoid this um, in my own doings in my own life. So when I see it, it really annoys me. I can't stand it when people try to have it both ways. It's like, rightfully so, Ben Simmons was the fall guy. Okay, rightfully okay. so. You know how I feel about Ben Simmons. You know how I felt about Ben Simmons I before know. he passed on a dunk. Okay, so. He was the fall guy. You, you have an issue that you were able to work through in the regular season, but in the postseason, you have an issue, and that issue is a liability at the point guard position with your second star. And the reason I brought up Embiid, because it's clear that they're building around Embiid um, going, going forward. And the best way to build around Embiid is to move Ben Simmons at this point. And you, and you, and you laughed at me. You laughed at me when I said they should have taken, assuming it was on the table, that, that Brogdon and a first-rounder trade, okay? Because what, I, what, what bothers me about the way Morey is playing this is, look, if Daryl Morey said, you know what? I know Ben Simmons is flawed. I knew that when I took the job. But guess what? We were the number one seed last year with Ben Simmons. We went to game seven against Atlanta with Ben Simmons. No things didn't work out well, but he's an all defensive player. He's an all star and he's 24, 25 years old. His best basketball is still ahead of him. We running this back because even though he's got his flaws, there ain't nothing nobody could give me that's worth Ben Simmons. I would respect that, but don't. Don't have it be the worst kept secret in the league that you want to move him and then you want to price him as if you're living in your house and somebody knocked on the door and said, hey, we were driving past and this is our dream house. How much you want for it? Well, the house ain't for sale, player. House not for sale. Right. You would put a for sale sign on Ben Simmons. Everybody knows that the last thing y'all want is to bring him back in training camp. He's been he's being shopped. This is where it's like, where's the humanity in this? To your point, Michael, where's the humanity? Like, he's being shopped. You know, he was the fall guy. Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid, rightfully so, threw him under the bus. That town ain't big enough for him and Joel Embiid anymore. He may not ever live that dunk down or that passed up dunk down. Like, you can't go and say you want Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons. You got to drop your asking price and think more about the fit as opposed to winning the trade. Daryl Morey strikes me as, a, as the kind of guy that, like, you know, like, in a, in a, I'm, only thing I can go off is a fantasy league. So you got these fantasy, because I'm, I'm getting in my fantasy draft mode right now. You got these fantasy oh, players you? that always, well, no, 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 I'm just saying in general, like, don't be one of those people that want to win the guy. trade. No, I'm not this guy. I'm not. This is why I'm the best, I'm the best fantasy general manager you know. I'm not trying to win oh, okay. the trade. Okay. I'm trying to do the trade that's best for my roster and my team. And right now, it appears, it appears, and this is, I'm, I'm, I'm a talking head that, that manages fantasy teams. It's an actual executive of the year. Um, it appears, though, that Daryl Morey wants to win this trade or he wants to get assets commiserate with a former number one overall pick, all-star, young player, 24, 25-year-old player, whatever he is, 
well, all defensive team yeah. member. He wants to get value commissary with that as if that player is about to be a free uh, excuse me, as if that player isn't locked up for four years and as if you don't want to unload that player. It's like it, it, they don't go together. They don't you can't have it both ways is what I'm getting at. You cannot why, you cannot want to have drive a hard bargain and have a, a high price attached to Ben Simmons when you want to move him. So maybe this is just posture and maybe it's just leverage. I cannot imagine a world yes, despite exactly what what's is. being reported in which Ben Simmons reports the Sixers training camp. I, I can't I can't imagine that doc. Maybe that's what doc rivers is paid for to manage well, that type of situation. Listen. I know they're all professionals and they got to show up and they got contracts and this that and the other. Daryl Morey cannot be serious driving a hard bargain when the best thing for the Sixers is not to get the best haul, but to get a better fitting team around Joel Embiid. Well, Mike, as you know, you referenced him earlier in the show. It's funny how it comes full circle. Off the top, you talked about uh, being at the White House and you had an opportunity to shake hands with our 44th president, uh, Barack Obama, uh, who spent a lot of time in Chicago. Well, our 44th president also had a shadow during his presidency, also from Chicago, by the name of Glenn Doc Rivers. <laughs> and so our shadow president, Glenn Rivers, let me tell you, I think this is beyond even his uh, immense powers of just being able uh, to talk paint off a house, uh, to be able to, to sell anything to anybody. Uh, th that's what he does. That's his gift. But I think this is even beyond what Doc Rivers can do because he can get you excited about anything. He can make you believe that you've talked about uh, earlier. You said you're not an NBA player. He can make you believe you can play in the NBA. Doc Rivers can talk to you and after about 10 minutes, you believe you can go out there and give you 15 minutes and, uh, and five boards and a couple of assists. Sorry, this is too much even for Doc Rivers because Ben Simmons is not an idiot. He knows. There were some reports earlier this offseason, Mike, that he was not returning their calls, that he had just cut off right. the Sixers. What in the, uh, the, the, I guess, the barometer of 21st century reporting, I didn't see this. Did he unfollow them on Instagram? Did he unfollow them on Twitter? I don't right. know. You got to scrub your account. Then. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I think this is my prediction. They will trade him. And... It will be a good trade, even though it won't be the return that Daryl Morey and, and Doc Rivers are looking for. They have to. Yeah. They have to trade him. I just, I don't, I know just, Brogdon, I just don't know why. I don't know if that's still there. I don't know if that deal is still there. Some yeah. deal is there. They're going to bring back a shooter, and, and, and Ben Simmons is not going to be I, playing for the Sixers in game one. I hope for everybody's sake. I hope for everybody's sake that's the case, because I was like, I don't know why the price is so astronomical. Yeah, yeah. on paper, he has all these attributes and accomplishments and, and accolades and, and notoriety or whatever, but it's like, well, if he's so good that you want heaven and earth for him, then why are you trading him? You know what I mean? It's like, how much leverage do you really have? You know, he's under contract. He's not walking after, it's not in a walk year, typically when you see stars get traded or, or, or when they just decide, you know, they don't want to play for the organization anymore. It's like, you don't want to trade him. You put him in this position. So speaking of training camps and Chicago, by the way, um, all right, good. We'll want to revisit the conversation we had on Monday. Um, did you see Andy Dalton uh, spoke to the media today? Yes. And despite yes. Uh, Matt Nagy's um, desire to move Justin Fields into uh, the lineup with the ones as part of the evaluation process, uh, despite the fans 
uh, clamoring for Justin Fields to be the guy which they have been since the moment his name was called on draft night. Uh, Andy Dalton still holding on to that promise and has not lost um, has not lost his faith in himself uh, as QB one. So it's part of what he had to say today. Of the Justin excitement. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't focus on that. If you let if you focus on that then that's going to beat you down. Um, and so I know who I am. I know who I was created to be. I know um, where my identity lies. And so um, do I want the fans behind me and this team and all that kind of stuff? Yes. Do I want them behind Justin? Absolutely, I do. Um, but I, that's not my focus. I can't focus on all that right now. Um, like I've said before, Justin's going to have his time, and Justin's going to have a great career. But right now, it's, it's my time, and so my focus is on being the best player I can be for this team and do everything I can to help this team win. You know, the focus, and like I said the other day, the focus, if you're a Bears fan, the focus of this organization should be that right now the Chicago Bears, there's there, I, the Chicago Bears are as well positioned at the quarterback position or let's at least say, because again, it's one preseason game, so I don't want to overstate this. I don't want to be, you know, prone to hyperbole here. If you're a Bears fan, I don't know that you've been this excited about your quarterback ever. The quarterback position, maybe ever. Oh no, yeah, you have. I mean, yeah, no, I tell you. Well, well no, I'm saying like, okay, so so Jay, so Jay Cutler. So wait, the Cutler trade Cutler. was big, but over the top. But the Cutler. But the Cutler trade, as huge as it was, and weren't you there at that time? Yeah. Right. I was not. But Cutler, though, but here's okay. But here's the thing about Cutler, though. Cutler had Cutler. You had seen him in Denver, and it wasn't as excited as they were to have a franchise guy or what they thought was a franchise guy to complement that defense. There were some questions and and some flaws in Jay Cutler that was that they saw in Denver. The talent was undeniable. But it wasn't he didn't have this blank slate. Let's call it that. He never blank slate coming from Denver when they got Cutler, right? right? Um, remember they drafted what Kate McNown, like twelfth overall in that ninety nine draft class. That was another time when there was a lot of excitement. But I'm saying like a, an organization that I'm gonna go out on a limb and say there's a four thousand yard passing season. Their first four thousand yard passing season is in the Bears' future. I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that. Um, but an organization that has never gotten this position right. Because even when they got Trubisky, they weren't excited. I don't remember them being excited about it. The moment they got it, Bears fans were like, oh my like, God, wow. what are we doing? Right? What? Yeah. Yeah, right. You have a guy in Justin Fields who, to Andy Dalton's point, his time will come. At the risk of being repetitive, but I ain't going to assume anybody heard me the first time. It's like, look, man, there is no rush to play Justin Fields. If it's week one or week 11, if it's week two or year two, it doesn't matter. Justin Fields, this is a 10-year project with Justin Fields. Andy Dalton, you could do, I said this when they signed him, and that was before they had Justin Fields waiting in the wings. You could do a hell of a lot worse than Andy Dalton as a stopgap. Like, we know what it is. Andy Dalton is a stopgap. Like, I don't understand why this is even a, 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 a difficult subject for Bears fans. Why Bears fans have been struggling with this. The best outcome is for Andy Dalton to start the season and for Justin Fields to play when he's ready. Four weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is. There is why, why are people trying to rush Except this 
it and say, man, put Justin no, no, Fields no, 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 in there. Like, no, why? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let the dude bring Bro, him along slowly. I they messed it up so many times. Don't mess it up. I don't like your premise. I don't like your premise. What's my premise? Can I tell you that? What's my premise? That he's not ready now. Because you say, hey, oh, he might be. What's wrong I didn't with, say he's not. Wait, I didn't say what, he's okay, not. Okay, right. So, so did I say that? I think that's the thing. Did I, I think, I'm sorry. I, well, is that what I intimated? Is that what I implied? You said, is that what I implied? Yes. He's not ready now. You said, you said, hey, what's wrong with if, people? If Matt like, Nagy can it be week four, week six? Okay, let me rephrase it, it real quick. Week one. Let me rephrase it real quick. And I'll give it back. What is week one? Let me rephrase. It might be right. okay. Let me rephrase it right quick. Let me rephrase it. Let me. Rephrase. I'm sorry. Right. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for pushing back on that. The moment Matt Nagy declares Justin Fields the starter, then I will presume that he's ready. Even if once okay. he gets out there, maybe he takes his lumps. What I'm saying is, okay. I like the way the Bears are playing this. Andy Dalton can be QB1 into the season, and Justin Fields, sooner or later, sooner, sooner rather than later, will get on the field. And that's good enough. There doesn't need to be this rush to make the decision now to start Justin Fields. He may be ready now. He may okay. be ready in a week. He may be ready in a month. I don't know. What I'm saying is Bears fans should just count their blessings and say, you know what? We got a guy for the long term and we can develop him my preferred way, which is on his own timetable versus throwing him in there when we got a guy like Andy Dalton yeah. who might be able to win some games for us in the meantime. Is that is that a better explanation of my, of my, is, of my thought that, process here? That's much better. That's okay. much better. That's much better. Now, you know this. Uh, we talk about everything on this show. Uh, we, we talk very openly, honestly, about all aspects of our lives, including our marriages. Now, this is something you're not supposed to do in a marriage. In a marriage, let's say, for example, you guys go to a restaurant and you have a bad experience, and it's your fault, husband. It's your fault. When you go back to that restaurant uh, another time, a year later, two years later, you know, your wife should not bring up, hey, I remember the last time we were here, you screwed it up, don't screw it up again, right? You're not supposed to do that in marriage. You're not supposed to bring up stuff that y'all have already gotten. Old past. stuff. Yeah. Don't bring. Why are you bringing that up? Oh, like you know, just go start a fight. Why are yeah. you bringing that up? Don't do that in the marriage. But in this context, oh, I'm gonna bring it up, and so will Bears fans. The last time y'all had a franchise quarterback, y'all done effed that up. You really did. You traded up. You don't. You didn't just draft Mitch Trubisky. You moved up in the draft. To get Trubisky. So, excuse me, pardon me, if I don't, oh, I don't know, take your word for it when you say somebody is ready or not. Or we think y'all yeah. made a good, don't have any credibility. we think y'all made a good move. <laughs> we think y'all made a good move yeah. by getting Justin Fields. You traded up for him. It's exciting. Franchise quarterback. Yeah. Don't tell me that a guy who had to leave Cincinnati in part because Joe Burrow was coming in. A guy who was available mm -hmm. from Dallas because Dak Prescott is coming back. And now in Chicago is supposed to block even temporarily the development or the moment, the stage that should belong mm -hmm. to Justin Fields. I can understand why the fans say no, no. But Andy Dalton, you had your time. You went, you went to a couple of Pro Bowls. You know, nice some nice numbers. Numbers guess, are good. But you're a backup yeah. now. You're a backup now. You're not a bridge guy. But he, he, right, you're he backup. is. Well, no, I, I I prefer to call it a seat. You know what? So at award shows, 
Michael, you may know this, and even made a movie starring Dwayne Martin and Kelly Rowland. At award shows, Kelly uh, there are these people pro- called professional seat fillers. And you had when me the, Kelly when the, Go ahead. Yeah, when the stars, your wife watches the show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> when the star, when the stars haven't taken their seat at the Oscars or the Emmys or whatever, they got people whose job it is to sit in the seats because you can't have empty seats. So they call the seat fillers, right? But there is no debate. It ain't like when they get there, they got you know. It ain't like when Beyonce and Jay Z get there, they gotta be like four and five, bro. That's us, four and five. Like it's like no, they know that's their seat. Like I'm a seat filler, but I'm gonna sit up straight and I'm gonna look the part. Even though this ain't my seat, now, I, I it's know it's not to do my that, seat. Though. Andy it's Dalton, hard, but you know, but they don't know. Andy that. Dalton is like, a like, seat filler, you, and no, Andy Dalton okay. knows that. Andy Dalton knows but he's a seat filler. He is keeping the seat warm. That's all he's doing. And I understand the counter argument, which is let Justin Fields learn on the job. I know anybody that maybe listens to this conversation, be like, nah, man. If guys are right there, if he's right there and more dynamic at that, go with the let guy. him learn on the job. The Don't waste time. He's ascending. Don't waste right. time with Andy Dalton. And if that ends up being the case, I'm fine with that too. What I'm saying is this should be a non-issue because eventually know, Justin you know Fields is going to show up and take though. his seat. Mike, it, it's hard to do that. Like we talked with our, our guy Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not only did he give you know, uh, fathering advice uh, for, for those of us mm-hmm. out there, you know, looking for other kids. Uh, he also talked about the perspective on quarterbacking. And one of the things he said, uh, well, he didn't say it then, but he has said recently post Tahoe conversation is he had a real hard time giving up the seat to Tua Tagovailoa, <laughs> even though he knew that was coming. He it was really difficult. Yeah, but that was he, different. I love his quote. His quote was, Oh, for real? You're joking? He thought it was a joke when Flores came to him and said, "Yeah, so did I." Remember? We're putting two in there. <laughs> yeah. So, and for 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 Andy Dalton, right now he says, "This is my time." Maybe he thinks he's a seat he's a seat warmer for all of 2021, where the seat warmers at the award shows they know, hey, they could be coming any minute. He doesn't think Justin Fields is coming any minute. He thinks Justin Fields is coming in 2022 or 23. He don't think he's he doesn't nah. think it's going to happen this year. And you can really you can really um, <laughs> upset the locker room. You could just you could up you, that whole thing could capsize. No, that's two different. If you're that's two different things. That is the same sport. It is the same league. Not realistic. A, no, that's not the same thing. Because I you know I had a problem with Fitz and Tua last year. Fitzpatrick was rolling, and the Dolphins were rolling. Okay. And Tua, you know, no preseason had not sh- coming off the injury, had not shown that he was ready to play. And the way the rest of the season bore out, back that up. This is different. And if Andy Dalton thinks that just because they told him you're the starter, that he's a starter in perpetuity, that they're like Justin Fields ain't, you know, he got a one year deal, so that one year you're the starter. He's old. He's been around the block long enough to know better than that. I don't think Andy Dalton is delusional. I think Andy Dalton's perspective is until I'm told otherwise, my mentality is going to be this is my job. I am going to be the best quarterback I can be. I am the starter until I get called into an office and we have that difficult conversation. But if he thinks that it's his, he got it on lock, he must be joking. Um, 
Hey, yeah, I think I we should probably say, anybody, um, anybody. You got? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, we should take a break. Yeah, we should. But I'll say just real quick. Anybody? Go ahead. I'd say any yeah. team that drafts a quarterback in the first round, in the, in the first half of the first round, especially, and you're that quarterback on that team, already, already, sit down at the kitchen table, talk to the wife, say, babe. Uh, we may have to we, we may have to move. We may have to move real soon. <laughs> I mean, like, come yeah. on. Let everything let's everything is fluid. I don't care what they say to you. I don't care. Hey, you're going to be the guy this year when right. you draft a quarterback, right? 15, 16 and higher, right? 16 and higher. Your team does it. Hey, and you're the, you're the you're the veteran quarterback. Start making plans to bounce. It's, it's, it's coming yeah. real Bless soon, sooner than you think. Yeah, let's that's Aaron Rodgers. Back All right. Um, back at when they when they draft him twenty something. Back at yeah, but he, but but even I would say even first round. I'll say first round in general. The clock's ticking. First round unless, in general. Again, unless you're Rodgers. All right. That's fair. Speaking of clock, quick break. Um, we got to talk about apologies on the other side. We got we got to talk about good. The, uh, there's a right. Keith Sweat once said, "There's a right and a wrong way to love somebody. There's a right and a wrong Ooh. way to apologize." Ooh, you got all the references today, Keith Sweat. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. I'll try to make this quick, Mike. Um, <clears throat> Jack Morris is 66 years old. All right. Yeah. Uh, that was the apology of a six year old, as in insincere. That's awful. When you, awful, when you awful, apologize awful. only because. You got in trouble and somebody told you to and whoever told him to apologize yeah. should have advised him like, hey, man, in 2021, we have retired the phrase if I offended anybody or I apologize to those that I offended like we got it like, bruh, like we, we got to know better that that's that cancels out anything else you say. If you say if I offended anybody, yeah. Then you know what? Keep your apology. I'd rather you not apologize. Yeah. I'd rather you just keep it pushing. And don't tell me you have the utmost respect for him when clearly you don't. And don't tell me that you, don't. you apologize to members of the Asian community and you meant mm. no offense. No, you meant to offend, right. which is why you used a mocking Asian accent. Like you meant exactly what you did. You thought you were being funny. You thought you were being slick. You right. thought it was acceptable. Yeah, there it is. And that's why there you it did is. it. There and it if is. you're going to apologize, yep. like I tell my children, okay, don't apologize because you're being told to apologize. It's empty. Don't apologize just because you think it's, 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 it's over after you apologize, which by the way, it's not because today, just this afternoon, uh, Jack Morris has been suspended indefinitely from Tiger's broadcasts. Okay, so he has been disciplined. So it wasn't over for him at the apology. But point being, is this like, oh, I'm sorry if I offended anybody. I, I really wish 
before anybody apologize, like take your time, do some self reflection and determine that I'm sorry because it was wrong. Like I'm offended by my own actions. My own actions offend my newfound sensibilities that I didn't possess in that right. moment when I made a racist joke. It. I have come to realize that that was wrong and I am hurt. I am disappointed in myself. I ought to know better. Clearly I didn't. I am working on learning how to be better. I don't like I, I, I apologize sincerely. I was wrong from the bottom of my heart and I, I realized that I was wrong and I was ignorant and that was stupid and that was thoughtless. It wasn't funny. There's no place for it whatsoever. I am so sick of dumbass commentary around Shohei Otani. Dude is having an incredible a historic season. One of the best things that happened to baseball in a long time. And if there's another idiot on television saying some stupidity around Shohei Otani's race and ethnicity and origin and his ability to speak English or whether or not he speaks English, like, yo, stop. Got it. God, just stop. So don't don't apologize. apologize If I offended anybody. Like, where are the people? We talked about journalism yesterday. We need to go back to PR 101. If I offended anybody, like that's why you're apologizing. If you offended anybody, not because it was inherently offensive. Anyway, sorry, yeah, that wasn't I mean, look, Mike, you, you, no, no, that's fine. You know, you talked about uh, my, my weird memory uh, earlier in the show. Uh, I remember, and it's so funny how this happens. I thought about this th- this column a couple of weeks ago. And it happened to be in the Detroit Free Press. That was a different situation. Column in the Detroit Free Press by Mitch Album. And he must have written this. Mm-hmm. Mike, it must have been 20 years ago, but it was a really good column. You know what he was writing about? He was writing about apologies. And he was talking about how in different cultures, he was talking about, oh, goodness, it's amazing. He was talking about in Japan. In this case, he was talking about apologies in Japan, how it really there's a process to an apology that the 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 person Mm. apologizing really wants that person someone else to understand how deeply they feel this apology they want you to know and they take special steps to know how genuine and sincere and how hurt they are that they hurt you i I think if Mm. if somebody can find and mitch album writing about that in the detroit free press many years ago give that to jack morris that's how you apologize. And a lot of people just don't know how to do it, Mike. So not only are good apologies rare, it's also rare for us to stand up and say, nah, that's not, I don't accept it. Not, I'm sorry, I don't accept it. No, I don't accept, I don't accept what you're saying because you've missed the whole point. It's almost as if somebody said to Jack Morris, hey man, you really screwed up. What? I screwed up. How? Yeah, you're trending you on Twitter something. or something. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll say yeah. something the next time he comes up. Uh, you know, people in the the yeah. Asian the is that what they call it the Asian community. Uh, if I offend, yeah. I, it was so ham-handed <laughs> and so sloppy and yeah. so thoughtless. Keep it, keep it. I'll have more respect for you, Jack Morris, if you say, "This is how I kind of joke around," and maybe that day is dead. Maybe I need to evolve beyond what I've always thought of as humor. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I just take this opportunity to say that I'm sorry. 
I don't know. I'm sure I offended you over the last two hours, but you know, <laughs> whatever it is, I'm I apologize sure you did. for it. I know you did, and you don't mean it. And, and you know that you I'm know not I'm not sincere. <laughs> I, I know. love you, man. Later. All right, love you, man. All right. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.